What's up, CWC? Man, happy Easter. How y'all doing today? Come on, man. Easter comes home. So right there in your home, if you're good, shout, I'm good. Amen. Amen. I got one person here doing it with me. Praise God. No, but I know this, man. I'm good because, man, we serve a God who is nothing but good. And, and I'll tell you, it feels so good to be with you uh, this morning to share God's word with you. Um, I am so excited uh, for this, that's for sure. If you can't tell, I'm fidgeting in my chair. However, man, this is my first time getting to preach during this quarantine. And so, man, I'm going to need you guys to be gracious towards me because it is a little awkward for me uh, to preach into an empty room with a lot of empty chairs. But, but you can see what I actually did do. Hey, Jonathan, if you could give me a shot of their team right here. They're all around me. It looked like you didn't even spin to see you guys. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Let me get back around here. Now, but as you can see, man, we have our amazing worship team with us and with me, so I don't feel alone. And, and look, can I just say this, man? We, we are so blessed at CWC to have the amazing team from the worship team to the media team. These guys and, and ladies do an amazing job. And so if you guys could just do me a favor, man, and put in the comments how you feel about them, how much you love them, how thankful you are for them, because I promise you this, it means a lot when people share um, how they feel about you. However, I will make a caveat, though. Make sure that they're good feelings in the comments, okay? Like, don't put stuff in there like, you know, Pastor Keith's a better singer than Brent. <laughs> don't do that to him. Praise the Lord. But no, nah, man, and it just feels good when people let you know how they, they feel about you. And I promise you this, I can speak for all of them. Um, when I say this, man, we are so thankful to all of you who call CWC home, who, who share our content, who like and love our content, who, who comment on our content. We, we love you guys and appreciate you so very much and thank God for you. And, and we know this, that God is doing something really special in the hearts of all of us, amen, because he's gonna do, continue to do great things through us. So we are so very thankful for that. And one of the things that I, I always want to be is a person who expresses my thankfulness for what God has done for us, right? We want to be thankful. We want to be a thankful people. But, but anyway, so I have them seated with me here. And so I'm going to preach at them while I'm preaching to you, um, which you get the better end of that. But <clears throat> if you could grab your Bibles really quickly or your phone, whatever it is, and turn to Luke chapter 24, Brent came unprepared. See, praise the Lord. <laughs> Luke 24, we're going to start in verse 1. Now, if you have your Bibles, that's great. If not, we'll have it in the lower thirds for you, which is just a technical fancy way of saying that the scriptures will be at the bottom of your screen so you can follow along with us that way as we read the word of God. But here we go. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared. So right here, there's some followers of Jesus and they're going to see Jesus in the tomb. See, they already seen him crucified and they watched as the body was delivered to the tomb and now they're going there to, to pay their respects. They're going there to comfort themselves from their grieving. But when they get there, it says this, they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed 
about this. While they were wondering, how in the world does this take place? We watched them deliver him to this tomb. His dead body was wrapped in linens and, and brought to this, this tomb. How, how, how could it be? And as they're perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Come on, man, if you believe that this morning, that Jesus has risen and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that he's seated with all power and authority, I want you to comment below and proclaim his victory over your family, proclaim his victory over your finances, over your job, over your health, over every aspect of your life. Proclaim that, proclaim it. Because here's the reality, right? Jesus says this, in this life you will face trials of many kinds, but, but take heart because I've overcome every single one of those trials, telling us this, that because he was victorious, we now have victory found in him and through him. So we need to be a people who constantly speak of his victory so that we can be a people who consistently live in his victory. Amen. Amen. And it tells us, this text, Jesus is telling us that, that even in the midst of your failures, even in the midst of your own struggles, Jesus can and will walk us through every single one of them, never leaving us nor forsaking us and giving us victory in spite of even us. It's an incredible truth. It's an incredible truth. See, see the Bible says this, he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you. Come on, guys, this is the word of God. You need to open your ears and open your hearts to receive it this morning. He who began a good work in you, a good work in you. I'll turn around. Good work in you, a good work in you, and a good work in goo goo. He who began a good work in you. Guys, we'll see it to completion. He'll see it to completion and see the reason, right? The reason he can give us victory in spite of our struggles and in spite of our troubles, in spite of our trials. See, the, the reason he who began a good work in you will see it to completion is because he's not here. He's not dead. He's not still in the tomb. He's, he's not here, but he has risen. This is the reason Jesus is everything we need. This is the reason that Jesus is enough. He's everything that our soul and our hearts long for. And the reason is because he's no longer here, but he's risen. He's not in the tomb. He is risen. It's an incredible truth. And we need to walk around proclaiming that over our lives, that he is risen. And because he is alive, I have life and life more abundantly. And look, what I really felt like today was we were gonna walk straight through the gospel. We're just gonna walk this thing out today. And, and so we started at the resurrection, right? We started at the completion of salvation, at the place where we began to receive victory. And, and now we're gonna work back a little bit and we're gonna go back to what took place on Good Friday and show what Jesus has done for us and see the reason that his blood 
is enough. Come on, touch the person close to you. Hey, social distancing in mind and tell them his blood is enough. His blood is enough. But here's what we have to understand, right? Jesus is enough because he's not here, he has risen. This is why I started at the resurrection. Because the fact of the matter is this, guys. If the resurrection doesn't happen, his crucifixion is just another execution. A lot of shuns there. Resurrection, crucifixion, and execution. But, but it's so true. Let me say it again. If the resurrection doesn't happen, his crucifixion is just another execution. And so what we're going to do is we're going to lay this thing out from Good Friday to Easter Sunday to see how Jesus is enough. Come on, one more time. Tell those in your home, Jesus is enough. He's enough. And we're going to walk through these scriptures and show how that is a fact, how it's a fact. And it's so important to realize it because the enemy will try to lie to you and try to blind you to this fact that Jesus is enough. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 53 and read how he prophesies about the crucifixion. And it says this, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Verse five starts off saying this, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. We have to catch this common theme that Isaiah is trying to point out to us. That it was for us. That it was for us. What Jesus accomplished on the cross was for, was for us. And I love it because Jesus, see, he didn't want us to, to, to walk around living in sorrow. A people who are grieved by the things that are happening all around us. But in order to save us from that fate, he went to the cross for us. He went to the cross so that we didn't have to live in sorrow, that our sorrow would turn to dancing. Amen. See, he didn't want us to, to have to hide our faces from God and feel despised by God. He didn't want us to feel condemned by the sins that we have committed. So he went to the cross for us. He wanted us to, to have authority over sickness and disease. So he went to the cross for us. And I love how 2 Corinthians says it. It says it this way. He who knew no sin became our Sin, it's incredible. He knew absolutely no sin. He was the perfect lamb of God, one without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. He who knew no sin became our sin, brought upon himself the sins of the entire world so that we could become the righteousness of God. Man, I hope that encourages you today. See, Jesus not only wanted us to have authority over sickness, he wanted us to have victory over sin. Amen. So he went to the cross for us. It was for us. Come on and say, it was for us. It was for us. We're gonna get this written on the tablets of our, of our hearts. And 
What we have to understand is this, that at the very beginning of time, when the first sin took place in the Garden of Eden, God required a blood sacrifice. That blood had to be spilt in order to atone for the sin. And see, before Jesus went to the cross at Calvary for us, before he shed his blood for us, many animals were killed and much blood was spilled for the sins of humanity. But I love it in Hebrews chapter 10 because it tells us this, but in these sacrifices, but in these sacrifices, the sacrifices of bulls and goats, the people were reminded of their sin. They were condemned by their sin year in and year out for it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins of humanity once and for all. It was impossible. And, and I love this about God. Not only does God wanna forgive us of our sin, he also wants to set us free from the condemnation that comes from sin. <laughs> he doesn't wanna give us part way freedom or just forget, he wants us to be completely free from sin and shame and condemnation. And because that is the truth, the Bible says this, that it was the will of God, that it was the will of the Father to crush his only begotten son so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So that whosoever would call on the name of Jesus would be saved from their sin, that sin would no longer have a hold on them in any way, shape, or form, that those who call on the name of Jesus not only would be forgiven of their sin, they would also be set free from the condemnation that comes from sin. And it was all for us. It was all for us. The Bible also tells us that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness, from all unrighteousness. And see, we needed his blood to cleanse us because the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And so we needed his blood to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what this is saying is this, that when we call on his name, God the Father no longer sees our sin, but rather he sees the blood of Christ covering our sin. <laughs> it says that he tosses our sin as far as the east is from the west never to be brought back to us again, that he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be brought up again. And we stand before God as though we've never, ever sinned. I love how the Bible says that love keeps no tally of wrongdoings. And see, God is love. He doesn't do love, right? He doesn't just talk love. He doesn't just stamp us with a heart emoji to show us his love. But rather, God is love. Everything about him is love. The very essence of his being is love. And so that means that scripture says that God keeps no tally of wrongdoings. See, God isn't, isn't like us. God isn't like us. He isn't counting up all the times that we've messed up. He isn't reminding us of all, all the things that we've done wrong in our lives. Matter of fact, I'll take it a step further, that if that is taking place in your life, that isn't God, that's the enemy. 
then you need to tell him, get behind me, Satan, because I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above, I'm not below. Because God keeps no tally of wrongdoings. This is why Jesus went to the cross for us. This is what he accomplished on the cross for for us. And this is why the cross is so important for us. Because of the cross, we now have no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is why the old things have passed away and behold, all things are brand new. This is why the Bible says we are under the better covenant. Because behold, the lamb of God, the perfect lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. See, the wrath of God was satisfied because it was poured out on Jesus for the sins of humanity. For past sin, present sin, and future sin. This is, this is what happened on the cross, and I want to say it again, for us. For us, this is why Jesus did what he did on the cross. This is why he died the most horrific and painful death. This is why he allowed them to nail him to a tree. In John chapter 10, Jesus reminds us of this fact. He says, no one takes my life, but I lay it down freely on my own accord. And I'm reminded of the time when, when they came to arrest him in the garden of Gethsemane. And Peter, thinking he has his back and he's gonna do something good for the Lord, he pulls out a sword and chops off the ear of Malchus, the servant of the high priest. And, and Jesus does this wild thing. He picks it up, licks it, and sticks it right back on his head. I don't know about licks it, but... But he healed, healed Malchus immediately. And I love what he says to Peter. This is what he says. He says, don't you realize that I could call down over 12 legions of angels right now and wipe all of them out? But if I do that, but if I do that, then the scriptures will not be fulfilled. If I do that, the sins of humanity, the condemnation from sin will continue to rule on the face of this earth. The people would have no way of forgiveness. Sin wouldn't be forgiven once and for all. See, Jesus went to the cross not because he was forced, not because he was bullied into it, not because he was tricked into it, but rather he went to the cross for us with his eyes wide open. See, it was for us that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brings us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. This is what the cross has accomplished. And it was for us. It was for us. But see, the cross isn't the full story, though. See, see if the story would end with the cross then his blood would not be enough. And if you tuned in with me on Tuesday, right, you would have heard me announce my title. I was way premature. And the name of the title was The Blood is Enough, I Told You. But, but as I was studying, I realized that theologically and doctrinally, that's not the full story. See, if he would have just bled on the cross, if he would have just been beaten and bruised for us, if he would have just been nailed to the tree for us, but wasn't resurrected for us, then his blood wouldn't have been enough. Because without the resurrection, the cross was just another execution. And see, there's, 
there's another side to this. Meaning this, that without the crucifixion, guys, the resurrection wouldn't have been enough either. It wouldn't have been enough because the fact of the matter is this. Throughout scripture, several people were resurrected. Elijah resurrected a little widow, a widow's little boy. Elisha resurrected a little boy. Jesus resurrected a little boy and a little girl. As if to say, Elijah and Elisha, you got nothing on me. I'll do it two times. And the second most prolific resurrection in all of scriptures outside of Jesus was the one where Jesus told Lazarus to come forth. These were all amazing miracles from God. All of them were resurrections from God. But none of those resurrections had the power to save us from death. Not one of them. That was only accomplished through the resurrection of Jesus. So this is what I'm saying. I said all that to say this. His blood was enough for us because he was resurrected for us. His resurrection was enough for us because he shed his blood for us. But you can't have one without the other. Because if that's the case, then it's incomplete. See, if we just believe in the blood of Christ, then it's incomplete. If we just proclaim the resurrection of Christ without the sufferings of Christ, it's incomplete. If we tried to believe one and not the other, our salvation would be incomplete, our victory is incomplete, and the gospel would be incomplete. And so I had to change the title of today's message to Jesus is enough. Just straightforward. Jesus is enough. Not just the blood is enough, not just the resurrection is enough, but rather Jesus is enough. This is the full gospel. Jesus is the full gospel. He who knew no sin became our sin, right? The perfect lamb of God who takes away the sins of the entire world. But on the third day, the stone was rolled away. And this was when the angels were able to say, he is not here, but has risen. Making Jesus enough. And because he's enough, this is the good news. Because he's enough, when we give our lives to him, we can declare by faith, death, where is your sting? And sin, where is your victory? See, when we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we are saved from all sin and all condemnation. We're no longer bound to the things of our past. Behold, old things have passed away and all things are made brand new. Because of his resurrection, church, his blood is enough to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And because he was obedient to death, even death on the cross, his resurrection is enough to give us life and life more abundantly. And Jesus did it all for us did it all for us, which makes him more than enough for us. See, nothing needs to be added to him. Nothing needs to be subtracted from him. Simply Jesus is enough in and of himself. And in Luke chapter 24, 
The Lord showed me something in this text that I'd never seen before. Because remember what we read in that, in that text, 24, one through five, right? How, the, how these followers of Jesus was going to look for Jesus in his tomb. They returned to the tomb. See, they watched as he was beaten for them. They watched as he was crucified for them. But their belief in him was incomplete because they didn't believe in the resurrection. This is why they went to look for him in the tomb. This is why they went there in order to, to find him. They didn't believe in the resurrection. See, they went there to, to mourn his death. They went there to, to pay their respects. They went there to comfort themselves in their time of sorrow. But by doing that, they showed their lack of faith. By doing that, by, by going to the tomb, their belief was incomplete. See, they believed in the crucifixion because they saw Jesus on the cross. But see, the Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Jesus told them that they will destroy this body, but in three days I'll resurrect it again. But here they find themselves looking for him in, their, in the tomb. And, and when they get there, right, the, the stone is rolled away. Jesus wasn't there. And I love the statement that the angels made. I love it. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? See, these followers of Jesus, their, their belief in him was incomplete. And so that caused them to go back to what they used to do in order to get comfort. This is why they, they ran back and, and, and done what they had always done when they had lost a loved one. This is why they had ran to the tomb to deal with their mourning and with their grieving and with their struggling. They went there to say their final goodbyes and, and have some peace after it, to have a little bit of closure in their lives from it because their faith was incomplete. And the Lord said to me this, this is what he said. He said, on so many different occasions, you have done this very thing. On so many different occasions, when you've ran into things in your life that hurt you, when you've encountered hard times in your life, when you've faced temptations and trials of many kinds, when depression and anxiety has, has gripped you, instead of believing in me, instead of running to me, you went back to the things you used to do before me. You ran back to the things that I called you out of. You, you went back to those things looking for comfort. Like a dog returning to his own vomit, a fool repeats his folly. And, and I wonder this, right? I wonder this. How many times have we done this very thing in our lives? How many times are we are we grieving? How many times have we been fearful that's being tested right now all around us because of this, this virus? How, how many times have we ran into things and it causes us to struggle and instead of running to Jesus, instead of believing in Jesus, instead of lifting our eyes into the hills, we went back to the things we used to do. 
Back to the things that God delivered us from. Back to the things that, that he died so that we could get free from. Thinking that when we go back to them things, we'll find life in them. Thinking this time it'll be different when I go back. This time I'll find comfort in those things. And the only thing that we ever find when we return to those things is more hurt, more pain, and more struggle. Why do you look for the living amongst the dead? The world has no ability to offer you life. The world has no ability to offer you peace. No one is your provider except Christ. He is enough. He's enough. Now, obviously, look, I don't speak on these things from a place of perfection, obviously, but rather from experience. And do you know what I've found and learned every time in my life when I find myself in that place where I've returned to things that, that God had delivered me from or rescued me from or called me out of? I found that God never leaves me nor forsakes me. I found that he never reminds me of all the times I've gotten it wrong in my life. No matter how many times I've, I've not fully believed in him or, or had my faith fully complete in him, no matter how many times, he uses every single time to show me that he is enough for me. This is how he uses everything we go through in this life. This is why you've heard me say on multiple occasions, nothing I go through, nothing you go through is in vain in this life, nothing. God will always use it. He will always use it. And, and so all the things I've been through in this life, and I've been through a lot, I have found this, that I am convinced, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of this life will separate me from the love of God I have in Christ Jesus. This is an incredible truth. And we have to realize this that the blood is enough because he was resurrected for us. The resurrection is enough because he bled for us. And listen to me, it's God who justifies us so no one can condemn us. Because Jesus died for us and even more than that has, has been raised from the dead for us. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, praying for us, rooting for us, trying to reveal to us that he, he did it all for us. He's trying to constantly show us that he who began a good work in you will see it to completion for you. And this is what this weekend means for us, guys. It's the greatest weekend for all of humanity because this is the weekend when Jesus offered us eternity. And all we have to do to receive eternal life is to repent of our sin and declare Jesus is enough. And declare Jesus is enough, man. This is Easter comes home. Easter comes home right in your living room, right in your heart. I pray that you are confronted with this truth today. I pray you're provoked 
by this fact that God did it all for us. He did it all for you. And today you can be set free from sin and condemnation and walk with him in a brand new way. So look, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want everyone at home right now to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you are enough. I know I am a sinner in need of a savior. And I believe in my heart, God, that he raised you from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is enough. And Lord, right now, by your grace, through faith, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, if you said that prayer today and you believed it in the deepest parts of who you are, man, man, you are saved and on your way to heaven. As Jesus, as your right hand, I love it. He goes before us, behind us. He's stationed all around us, protecting us. The Bible says that he sends his ministering angels to have charge over us. And all of this was accomplished for us by Jesus. CWC, happy Easter. Man, guys, we love you. Man, we bless you, right? I declare over you his victory, right? I declare over you his loving kindness, that continues to draw us to repentance. And look, man, we can't wait till we meet again together. But in the meantime, man, know this. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless you. Happy Easter. Jesus is enough. God bless you. Amen.